And welcome back to another exciting episode of Imagine Akasha. My name is Tom Fry. And I'm Nancy Valling. And we have a special guest today, and uh, this guy is very unique in many ways. He is the head of the Rastafarian Church in Lyons, Colorado. Sean Bookman, welcome to the show. Greetings and love. How are you all doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great. Are you are you high right now? Is that like part of the deal of being a Rastafarian? You have to be stoned all the time? <laughs> not, not necessarily. You know, not all Rasta people smoke. Um, really? And uh, we tend not, we, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. And, you know, we tend not to smoke to, to alter our consciousness or get high, but it's more of a, a sacrament for us, you know, where we use it as a, for medicinal value and also spiritual value as well. And a lot of times it's used for prayer. So when you say a sacrament, is it kind of like when you're in the Catholic Church and you come up and you take, you know, the wafer and, and a little bit of wine? You'd be like, dude, here's the bong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's similar to that. You know, we have um, we have something we use a sacramental pipe called a chalice. Oh, really? Which is uh, generally it started down in the Caribbean and it would be used a coconut and then we use a bamboo and then a clay uh, bowl piece and water and fire and then balances all the elements. So. Generally, Rasta people are going to use prayer and, and community and, and use the herb or the sacrament, ganja, you know, um, to reach um, levels of, of wisdom, knowledge, um, understanding, and also something within our culture is reasoning. So when we use herb or the sacrament, um, you know, it's for the healing, like I said, but it's also for us to have discussions, you know, about life. Um, subject matter, what's going on in the world, and how we can make it a better place. So it's a it's a very serious thing, you know. And when it, when it comes to herb, um, like I said, not every Rasta person smokes, but uh, some use it as tea. You know, a lot of people use it externally. But you know, for us, when we, I definitely smoke. I love. It. I'm in Colorado too, so <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely smoke. Um, and at the church, um, which is called the Colorado House of Rastafari, we're we're an established 501c3 nonprofit here. Oh wow! We also have, yeah, we also have another organization called Zion Nation as well. So um, we're also an indigenous sacramental church. So people can come to us, and the community can become members, and they can get there they can get their sacrament um, also in denver we're doing work in denver now that uh, mushrooms are legal as well we're able to distribute that as indigenous church and uh yeah we just really it's a it's a like we commune with the herb commune with each other and then of course nothing uh like reggae music and, and ganja it goes together it hand does. in hand <laughs> so, so sean are you the uh, like the pastor of this church or is there a pastor what would a normal um service like. service yeah. look like okay well normally you know each rastafari, rastafari okay just to give you a little um little uh and i'll answer your question and answer for sure rastafari is a amharic word or a word that is uh, the origin is in ethiopia which is kind of the birthplace of mankind. And so Rastafari was the name of the king of kings that was in the lineage of Solomon and Sheba, the 225th descendant. Um, in a modern time in 1930, every nation around the world came to see the crowning of Rastafari, which means head creator in Amharic. Mm -hmm. And this is, the, this is the lineage of Christ, the lineage of David, Solomon, Sheba, Adam. So it's a lineage that we can follow unbroken. So in 1930, his name was Rastafari. And when he was coronated, his name was Kadamawi Haile Selassie, which means the power and the might of the Trinity. So the whole reggae music and Rastafari, we take the name of the King of Kings. And like even the most famous Rasta would be Bob Marley, right? Yes. So 
he every show that he opened up, he would say greetings in the name of His Imperial Majesty Jah Rastafari Haile Selassie. So he was really, when we look at Bob Marley, he was a great prophet of His Majesty and of Rastafari. And really, at the end of the day, Rastafari is about liberation. It's about love. Um, it's about unity. And just to rally back to your question, Nancy. So we don't, it's not traditional in the way that there's a pastor and a church. There are priests, but each Rasta person really has that connection to the divine and the almighty within themselves. So what we say, a lot of our services, we chant Psalms, right, from the Bible. And we also use um, the instrument of music. Um, we do something called Nayabingi drumming and chanting, which comes from a queen from uh, Uganda that that was uh, a fighter against uh, colonialism. And one of the titles of His Majesty was the head of the Nyabingi Order, amongst many other things, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Conquering Lion, the Tribe of Judah. But he's the head of the Nyabingi Order. So in Jamaica, probably in the 30s or 40s when he was coronated, they picked up this tradition of the Nyabingi, which is bringing drums using a thunder drum, a lightning drum, and a heartbeat drum, and then people get a syncopation going and lock in with the drums, and then there's chants that the community chants around, and sometimes it could be seven nights of chanting for certain holy days that we have. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, and I would invite all the listeners, you know, to look it up. Naya Bingi is N-Y-A-H-B-I-N-G-I. H-I. Uh, how many people are practicing this worldwide? It's it's very hard to say, and it's an ever-growing movement as well. So, I mean, just in Africa alone, I mean, I heard a number down in South Africa alone, there's a million Rastas right now. Really? Yeah, and so Africa is very large. In America, I mean, worldwide, you'll see, I mean, I know you, you're both well-traveled. I mean, you see the red, gold, and green image everywhere. Yes. Yes. So it's kind of a, it's a very, it's a growing faith among people because it's not, Rastafari is not a religion per se. It's more of a liberty. It's a natural connection between the community and the almighty and, and that divine within ourselves. So it's just, you know, it's like really seeking to live clean, eat right, do right, write speech, you know, do good in your community. So the Colorado House of Rastafari, we uphold a creed of, you know, serving the, the needy, the poor, the, the elderly, the hungry, and uh, we have different initiatives here locally as well as in Ethiopia to bring clean water and things like that. So how could somebody help your church out if they don't want to go, or not church, your organization out if they don't want to go but they want to contribute to your efforts? Well, I, I appreciate love that. Um, and a lot of times we change words. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate love what you said. So people can um, go and visit us, you know, on social media at the Colorado House of Rastafari and send us a message. And, you know, we're able to take donations and, um, you know, support our local food drives and our winter clothing drives. And, of course, our most important project right now. Last weekend, we just had a big um, charity event out in Lyons um, to celebrate uh, a great roster named Peter Tosh. You guys have probably heard of Absolutely. him. Um, Bob, yeah, of course. You know, so we celebrated his birthday, but it was also the uh, uh, Ethiopian Clean Water Initiatives. We're always taking donations um, and it could be uh, in kind, you know, support locally, you know, food or clothing, but also monetary donations are wonderful. So, Sean, if somebody wanted to come to a service, can they just yes. show up? Um... Of course. Yeah. Everyone is welcome. You know, it's a church per se, you know, because that's, you know, for, for governmental reasons. 
we have we have to set a, a certain standard of what we are you know to the community but it really is just just more of a community organization doing good work and gathering um in love and so yeah anyone's welcome um right now um we did have a venue in denver um for about eight ten months uh, right in the middle of park hill and we were kind of in the center of uh a gang area and so there were some honestly there was a bunch of guns and you know even threats to the church so we were like you know what let's move back you know because we really want to be in the country so we're out in lions now um for example you know every wednesday we hold an event but the next event we'll have is ethiopian christmas which follows it we don't follow the same calendar as the west so our ethiopian calendar is very ancient and Christmas falls around January 7th. So we'll have an event out in Lyons on January 7th. And we usually have a big feast of Ethiopian food. And we have the Nyabingi drumming. We have live musicians. And myself, uh, you know, I have an AKA I mentioned before the call, but I'm also known as Ross Moses. And so I'm a reggae singer that travels around the world. And we have a lot of um, international singers and musicians that are part of the church in the house. So we always have a musical side of things. So it's a great time to come out with the family, kids, dance, uh, enjoy yourself, have a great bite to eat. So our next event will be, um, you know, January 7th. So do you have your own facility there or do you guys rent out like a hall or what do you guys usually do? We, we do. Um, we align with this wonderful venue out in Lyons called Wild Style Studios. And they invited us um, after we moved out of Denver. They invite my I kind of have roots in Lions. My children are out in Lions. I coach soccer out here, and I live more in Boulder. But, um, yeah, this wonderful organization invited us to be part of their venue. So it's a beautiful indoor-outdoor venue. It's also – we have recording studios and sound engineers there, and we have indoor and outdoor stages, and uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, we have bonfires outside and tiki torches, and it's huh. it's a blast. Are, are, your, are your typical – like do you have like a weekly service kind of a thing that's like on a Sunday, um, or, is, or is this more of just no, events? Not, not necessarily. We we generally we do get together on on Sabbath days, you know, um, on Saturdays. But every Wednesday we have something that we we do called Woke Wednesday, and you know we bring certain enlightenment practices or teach meditation or yoga things like that, and then we follow it with like a traditional reggae sound system, you know, where we have a DJ and then different singers and MCs come and rock the mic and. And then we also have our sacramental church, you know, so people can come and, you know, smoke their herb and, and relax and get a bite to eat and just enjoy themselves. So that's that's every Wednesday in Lions. And then on certain, um, like I said, holy days, um, we have gatherings. And that's right. probably about seven, seven or eight times a year we'll have like a big gathering. Nice. So, Sean, how long have you been practicing Rastafari? I would say way before this lifetime, you know, but, um, you know, I grew up in a very... Um, American um, traditional suburb out of New York City and you know probably uh, you know a lot of us you know I heard some Bob Marley songs I was like wow I'm kind of resonating with this you know the message he's speaking and the the universal message of love and you know just and then over time it just it was kind of like a calling within me and you know I was I was born Jewish and had a bar mitzvah so I started seeing different symbology within Rastafari that I was like wait a second this is kind of reminding me of what I read in the Torah or the Bible about the Old Testament so something about it resonated with me where the religion of uh, Judaism did not. 
and so just over time as i just you know did soul searching and and did research and studied history and followed the lineage and everything like that it just made more and more sense and you know and, and then the rest is history you know probably i mean my whole adult life i've been rasta uh wow. you know probably <laughs> you know my parents were like what are, you know probably what are you doing because i i worked in the corporate world for a while and i was like okay i'm growing my dreadlocks i'm leaving i opened up a yoga and healing center and then you know here i am today uh you know president of a, a rastafari organization and and i travel the world africa um you know the caribbean and and perform as well as ras moses so are dreadlocks a prerequisite Pre- prerequisite yeah and if and if not no. you wear the, you gotta wear the fake dreadlocks you know like the Halloween right right, right 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 <laughs> no <laughs> so no dread you know what we say we say that um it's not about the dreadlocks. It's the divine conception of your heart. So dreadlocks are, you know, Rasta people, we like to um, be as natural as we can. So it's what we eat. It's what we think about. Um, uh, you know, we eat organically and also just kind of grow our hair. You know, like it's just a natural expression. But it also has um, biblical significance and yeah. it also has spiritual significance as well. You know, um, you know, many cultures around the world, um, Native Americans, they always encourage growing your hair cause it's like antennas. It picks up spiritual energy. Yes. So it also has a significance. You probably heard of like Samson and his dreadlocks here. You know, a lot of these biblical characters had their naughty dreads and it's, so it's just the oldest, most natural hairstyle on earth. And you see it throughout all cultures, but for Rasta, it has significance in the Bible, you know, uh, from numbers, and and it has a significance where when we don't put a comb or a razor to our head, we're not taking some of the instruments of man or of Babylon. We're kind of separating ourselves from uh, the world, and so it kind of you're you're making a physical statement, but it's also it's also a spiritual statement that um, you know we're kind of free and and we're not controlled by the system at hand. Mm-hmm. Also, on that alignment, how do you connect to spirit? Is it only with the sacrament, or can you do it just naturally? Oh, naturally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if you talk to different Rasta people, you're going to get different answers. You know, it's not like a dogma or a certain book of here's the guidelines on how to be Rasta. So you'll around the world, you'll hear different expressions and philosophies within the movement. But me personally... I researched what was the spiritual practice of Rastafari, of his imperial majesty. What was the spiritual practice of Yeshua Christos or the Christ? And when I looked into that, I found um, something called Kriya Yoga, which if you're familiar with, if if you've ever read Autobiography of a Yogi. Yes. Yeah, so Paramahansa Yogananda kind of brought yoga to the West, you know, in the the early 1900s. So I started searching out that certain sadhana or that certain spiritual practice of myself. I mentioned I used to own a yoga and healing center. So, uh, yeah, I took on the practice. And so that's something I've been practicing many years, you know. What kind of um, yoga yoga. did you teach? Was it like kundalini or was it? No, no, I, I practiced something. It's called Kriya Yoga Meditation, which is the direct meditation practice that comes from Shiva, uh, who is the original yogi, and also the original dreadlock as well. Wow. Yeah, and this is interesting too, if you heard of Shiva, Shiva also gave Ganja, which is named after the holy river in India called the Ganges, right? The Jamaicans picked that up. So Shiva gave the, the sacrament, the herb, to mankind during what we call now the Kali Yuga. 
which is, you know, the the time of war and different things. And eventually we'll get into something called the, the Sata Yuga, which is the age of peace. But these practices were given in the modern time. Again, uh, they were practiced by all these great yogis you've heard of, Shiva, Krishna, uh, Siddhartha Buddha practiced uh, Kriya. And then it moved on to uh, more modern Yogananda and uh, some of my meditation masters, Lahiri Mahashai and Sri Yukaswar. So it's something that I practice daily. And it's uh, basically a, a specific soul science uh, that leads you to certain states of consciousness. And Can you so explain that? Yeah. So basically, uh, not to go too deep into it, because um, this is like an initiated practice that has to get, be given to you by someone that's initiated by a master. Mm -hmm. So it basically is the pathway to the divine is through the spine from from the root to the crown kind of like kundalini so, um it's a it's a, a systematic way of different pranayama or breathing techniques mm -hmm. along the spine uh meditating on the on the holy sound of om mm -hmm. which is the om is the frequency of the earth is the 432 hertz so when you get very quiet in your mind you'll hear the resounding sound of om that put you know with a word this whole world was put into creation, and that, that word and that sound is Om. It, it's a combination of internally meditating on the sound and, and breathing techniques, and then through a certain progression of exercises, then you can actually get into meditation. And meditation, you know, there's a lot of misnomers of what meditation, a lot of different practices, but true meditation is the merging of the soul to the spirit and resting in that stillness of light. So for me, I researched, when I read the autobiography of His Majesty of Rastafari, I, I saw that a yogi had visited the palace a couple of times. So I sought out that yogi and even visited him in India and things like that. And then was able to find the actual authentic practice. Ooh, who is that yogi? This is someone, a name, and you can look him up as well. His name is um, Guru Nath, which is G-U-R-U-N-A-T-H. And he's still he's still in his body, and he has many uh, videos um, on YouTube. And here's the, here's the interesting thing: the way I found out about this yogi is he many people. Okay, all right, I'm gonna take it deep right here. Okay, so Rastafari, Haile Selassie the first. Yes. One of his one of his titles is the High Priest of the Order of Melchizedek. Now Melchizedek is the Deathless Order. So there was never any evidence, right? We know stories of, of Christ that he resurrected in a few days and resurrection and, and things like that is very common in, in ancient Kush. Kush is from Ethiopia to India. Kush mm -hmm. mountains are in India. So, and Kush is an ancient name of Ethiopia. So the resurrection and things like that and deathlessness is kind of common within those spiritual traditions. Here it seems far-fetched, but it's very normal. So for us as Rastafari, when we say Rastafari, we're praying to the living Jah of creation. So this, this yogi said he had met many people. There was a coup in Ethiopia that took over. His majesty reigned in Ethiopia for probably about 60 years, 70 years. And he was, he started, his majesty started the uh, UN, yes, um, the League of Nations originally. So he was, a, you know, he, he sought peace mm -hmm. and love for mankind. But during World War II, the Italians went to try to colonize Ethiopia. Ethiopia was the only African nation still to this day that was never colonized. And the first place that mentioned in the Bible, the Bible that the Lord lo loves to dwell in Ethiopia. So this is a, it's where Eden is. 
right? It's where King David's throne is. Mm -hmm. It's a very holy place. I've been there a couple times, thankfully, and it's very powerful. I bet. So this yogi said, the, the coup that took over said they killed his majesty in 1975. This yogi, Guru Nath, said that he had been invited by his majesty in England in, like, 1983. So it's a very fascinating and, like, you know, confirmation story of things that we mystically know as Rasta people, that he's he's a living Ja. Yeah? Uh -huh. Ja, no, like his majesty, or like Bob Marley said, like, you know, Ja's no dead, you know? Uh -huh. So... So we researched this yogi, and me personally, I, I met him and uh, even invited him to uh, New York to sit in with the Rastafari community and, and talk about these things. So, yeah, I researched this yogi, and then I found the practice for myself. And for me, I encourage everyone, you can get enlightened by just reading His Majesty's words and seeing his works. But for me, I wanted to know what the practice was of the Christ and then do it for myself. But do you teach so, this to your people of your organization? Is this something that when you guys get together, like maybe not on one of your times where you're doing something for Ethiopia, or you're doing some sort of a holiday. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're having like some sort of a regular service where you're doing the sacrament and stuff, do you go up and talk about some of this stuff and how to achieve this peace within through meditation and through Om and all that stuff? For sure, I do. I do. And, you know, you start seeing the correlation, like, uh, you know, in, in ancient Hebrew. And when we say Rastafari, this is the lineage of Israel. He's the king of Israel. He sits on King David's throne and is actually literally wearing King David's crown. So when you say Shalom, right, you hear the root of Om in right, Shalom. Right. So you start seeing the correlation of these holy languages, Sanskrit, Hebrew, Amharic. And so I can't specifically teach people at this point how to do kriya but i do know people even in colorado that can initiate people um you know and learn the practice and what the masters say it's not even about the guru you know it's your third eye is your guru and the practice is your guru and when i say guru it really means like taking the darkness away from the light so you just be the light so we say you focus meditate on your third eye See, I'm a chanter, so I, I chant about these things in my song, you know? So meditate on your third eye from the root to the crown. Soul star ascending, life is never ending. Sending peace and love to my friends and my foes, you know? So I, I utilize it in my music, you know? And also, you know, for example, like tomorrow, I mentioned we have a Woke Wednesday on Wednesday, so I'll be sharing meditation practices and techniques. And uh, we do, like, meditation for world peace. And then, you know, followed by a reggae dance and dinner, you know, you, every Wednesday you, out here. Do you do the sacrament as soon as you get there? So, like, everyone's pretty baked? Or <laughs> yeah, the whole as thing, soon or? as I rise, before I go to sleep, <laughs> you know, before I open my eyes. But, I mean, uh, the, I mean the members of, of, of who are coming to the service, I mean, is, is it kind yeah. of like you do the sacrament? Because usually at church, it's like you do the sacrament at the end, you know? It's like, no, right. dude, we're no, doing it no, first. No, way. You don't have to wait. No, at Colorado House you don't have to wait for a second. Roll it up, smoke it up, put it in the chalice, get ready you know and take off you know <laughs> so yeah we we you know it's it's not like rules you know i mean we, we try to uphold some uh, certain decorum for sure you know we we tend not to have alcohol or have meat or things like that we try to keep a certain vibration you know it's it's similar to like yoga traditions if you go to ashram there's not going to be alcohol or meat you know people are going to be dressed a little more modestly so you know we try to uphold that that culture of of modesty like they do in ethiopia or india 
but really, like I said, I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, children, children are welcome and all kinds of, honestly, all kinds of people come through, um, our spot in lions, you know, kids, um, elders, adults, and people that may don't know anything about Rasta, but it's a welcoming, it's a one love vibration. So people feel, feel happy to come and be a part of it. Sean, how do mushrooms fit in this now? Well, you know, we feel like these these because that, that would be a long yeah. service. I mean, you 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 can get baked, you know, and like be there for an hour or so. But if you're going to be tripping on mushrooms for seven, six or seven hours, you know, you better have an afternoon set aside, I guess, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, what I found is if you make tea out of the mushroom, it's more potent and less. It doesn't last as long. So if you don't have, if you only have a few hours, that's what I recommend. Uh, some tea, uh, but yeah, well. Especially when we're in, see, right now, the law is in Denver, it's decriminalized. Mm -hmm. I haven't really researched uh, what it is in Colorado, but again, you know, as an indigenous church, yeah, you can um, we're have able, that for your church, right? Ex exactly, exactly. So, so we, you know, through my research, and you know, I'm a naturalist too. So, you know, I don't deal with any kind of chemicals or anything like that. But so you no know, no impossible whopper for you. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm letting that be. I think I hear there's some things in there that aren't really for human consumption. Wow. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, mushrooms. Um, we really see um, beyond the psychedelic experience, which is lovely. Um, the healing properties, you know, for for mental states is extraordinary. But we're also doing research because I work with a specific botanist uh, that has scoured the earth for um, the strongest and the best mushrooms uh, the world has to offer you know for example i we have something called jaguars that a shaman from ecuador named and we had them tested and they're 10 times stronger than any psilocybin oh, that has ever been tested wow. um i took uh, a heroic dose uh, one afternoon which which <laughs> which, which i don't really god then Oh my God! I don't know what I was doing. I couldn't move for like three hours. Like there was, there was too much. There was too much visuals. Wow! I could barely open up my eyes. Like the whole, my whole world was um, was it paranoid sacred geometry. At all? Were you paranoid at all, or was it always was it all good? Because you well, know, bad trips. Was, I, well, I thought I definitely was leaving my body. You know, I was very uncomfortable, and it was freezing outside. And I just, I basically was like curled up on the couch. My friend at the time, I didn't even know what she was doing, but she started pouring water all over my face. And I was like, I didn't even know what she was doing, you know? And wow. I was like shivering. I was all wet and freezing, you know? And then like it took me like an hour to realize like, oh, if I get up and change my clothes, maybe I'll be more comfortable. So probably I, I had, because you can get fresh mushrooms, right? right? Where it's not dried. And we call them, I don't like the word, but we can call them aborts. So when a mushroom is just small, it has the same amount of psilocybin as it is when it grows fully oh, to a big mushroom. That. Wow. Yeah, so when they're fresh, you can mix them up in juice, and they will hit your system so fast. I mean, I drank that superfood juice, and, like, within 15 minutes, I was out of my my world. You know what's, what, in, you know what's interesting? Yeah, I, I was just going to say I, I have a friend who's um, – uh, M.A., our friend M.A., her brother, has had these such bad headaches to the point oh. where he had to quit his job. And he was a scientist and it was, it was very wow. successful. And he mm. had to quit his job because of these headaches. He couldn't figure out what was causing them. And still to this day, I mean, he's been to the Mayo Clinic. He's been to all these places. He finds that taking mushrooms is like the one thing that gives him relief. So he's been taking wow. mushrooms like regularly now and he hasn't had headaches. So That's it, amazing. Yeah. Like, Microdose here? 
Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know all the details. I just hope he'd send me some, you know. It sounds fun. Yeah, and that's what I found. I mean, me personally, I go and I like to use it for a journey. I go up into the woods. I just commune in nature. It actually helps me vocally. I find different sounds and frequencies in my voice. But a lot of people, what we're finding is the the actual physical uh, medicinal value of the mushrooms. Some of us think that they might even be better, more than cannabis, you know, cannabis and CBD is a big rave right now, but we see mushrooms. Not only does it get the synapses firing in the brain, it actually uh, uh, recalibrates and balances your body. Uh, my my friend, his his parents were both Stanford professors, and they were having certain back issues and just and certain things uh, physically, and they started taking mushrooms, and they went away. Well, at least they so, thought they went away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We forgot. We forgot about their, their problems. <laughs> so, do you think so, that mushrooms might be alien derivative? Derivative. Well, you know, I can't really speak on that. You know, I've heard certain thoughts about that and philosophies. All I know is that I know some mushrooms that are they're under the earth for like like a thousand years before they come up to the surface. So there, there is something there that I can't say if it's extraterrestrial or it's higher consciousness or it's just the earth trying to heal us. But it, it really is something to be said that it's pushing and uh, awakening consciousness and healing people. And so, it's more popular than ever. Yeah. yeah, I do want to talk to you about that. What do you think about the awakening? What is your take as a Rastafari? Is consciousness waking up, or do you think we still have a long way to go? Um, we certainly have a long way to go. You know, we've come far, mm-hmm. but we have we have a long way to go. You don't because, think there'll be you know, that magic moment that the majority wakes up? Oh, like kind of like the ninety nine monkey theory or something? Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, it's there's a lot of forces at hand as we speak right now that are looking for the destruction of mankind. And looking to kill the earth just for profit and greed. We know that. You know, that's that's evident. You know, we see that. But, there, but we're starting we, to see it more, which, you know, I think the Internet and people yeah. talking and and sharing information, we're starting to see those destructive people. Exactly. And, I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, my, I was just having dinner with my two daughters, like 15 and 11, and they're writing papers on fracking the writing papers on you know just trash island they were telling me about this huge island of trash that's floating around the pacific ocean like these kids when i was a kid i had no awareness of recycling or anything you know i was just growing up in new jersey you know playing basketball or football and eating pizza i had no idea but the kids right now are very bright and with the internet like you said they're they're getting very educated and very aware and so I'm seeing, I mean, it's hard to say because we are living in Colorado. Uh, you know, if we were doing this interview in Nebraska or, or Kansas, maybe I wouldn't say there's much of an awakening. But it seems like there's pockets in the world where more and, peop- more, and more people are, are waking up. And that's my prayer. And, you know, that's my only reason here on the earth is, is to help do my part, you know, pull my weight a little bit, you know, to to, uh, you know, spread the love, spread the light and, and awaken myself first, you know, like Gandhi said, we have to be the change. Yeah, we, we do have to be the change. Absolutely. We do. Right. So for me, I'm taking it upon myself, you know, so I, 
I found this, the Kriya practice. I said, okay, let me let me burn away some of this karma. Let me let me let me look at my what thoughts. What is karma to you? Cause and effect. You know, every action has a reaction. You know, it's just a kind of a natural law. You know, push and pull. So we're trying to create good karma credits. You know, you do good. You know, good will follow you. That's just kind of the simple explanation. Well, I, I, I also think that karma, you know, you go back to the Bible, you know, do unto others, you know, that's really karma. I mean, it really, when you get right down to it, I, I think karma is, is the answer to, to every religion, everything. It's like, it's, if, if you, if you lead your life as a good person and you're good to other people and you do things that to help the community and help your fellow man, it's, it's only going to spread. And whether that's uh, happening cosmically or whether that's happening, you know, spiritually, it could just be because you're helping people. So therefore they're feeling that help and they're, you know, turning around and helping someone else. I mean, it could just be like a giant chain reaction too. Oh yeah, exactly. Each one teach one, you know, cause like even like we quoted Gandhi a moment ago, this little skinny Indian guy, right. He was practicing, practicing ahimsa, nonviolence, and he was fasting and doing some good things. And here I am, you know, 120 years later, talking about him and and feeling inspired just by this one little yogi's expression so it's like we should never underestimate the power that we have within ourselves to change the world but like we said first we have to change ourselves and i have to look into myself and make sure that i'm not creating any war in myself or in my community. It starts with, community. it starts with you. It always starts with you. Uh, and, and, and anytime you want to make change, it always starts with yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And if you don't mind, this is a Nyabingi chant that I'll share with you. Yeah, can you, like, we normally do a guided meditation, but I would love it if you, oh, if you did I, it. I, yeah, I would awesome. enjoy that. I enjoy that, but I'm feeling inspired just to chant something for you guys right now. Ready? Yeah. Do good in the morning, do good in the evening, good will follow the eye. Do good in the morning, do good in the evening, good will follow the eye. Ayabingi say, do good, and good will follow the eye. Boom. Yeah, so it's just Thank you. Simple. That was great. That was cool. Yeah, we just we just keep it simple. You know, it's like that's all we have to do. We just have to do good. That's a wonderful message. How do we how do they get a hold of you again? And and if they wanted to get on YouTube and catch you actually singing under your AKA. Yeah, I have I'm just about um about to release my album here. Uh, it just got mastered. I'm waiting for the artwork. Uh, but you can check me at rasmoses.com, R-A-S-M-O-S-E-S.com. Rasmoses.com. And then, and then yeah. again, to, to get in touch with your, your uh, organization? Exactly. So Colorado House of Rastafari on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And a couple other little things. And people can um, see on my website, I create something called Cannabasm which is an anointing oil. Cannabasm is the root word for cannabis, and it's a Hebrew word, cannabasm. Um, it's, and so I've made an oil blend um, from the Torah, from the Bible, that, um, that Moses and Christ used to use. And it's a mix of oils with cannabis that's an anointing oil and also a healing oil. So that's on my website. And, I'm and also you can buy author- that online? Yeah, exactly. And I, cool. I also, yeah, and I also do anointing ceremonies. And uh, also, I'm, I'm an author as well. So my book, 
called an American mystic. It can be found on my website as well. Wow. Uh, just kind of about my uh, experiences. I, I've traveled uh, to some beautiful sacred places in the world. So I just share my, my you're, experience. You're a Rasta of all trades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They say it takes about 10,000 hours to master a craft. So I'm working on all of them. I'm not a master of anything yet. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying Just to work. Jack of all trades. Yeah, I'm trying to work on the, uh, the, 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 the pot consumption master. Uh, I've, yeah. I've got a few more hours to go. All right. I, I'll join you. I'll help you with your mastery on that level. No problem. I'm for you, brother. <laughs> yeah, Tom and I all have to come up to a service. Yeah, we'd love that. Yes, you will. Please and thanks. We'd love to see well, thanks you. Well, to... thanks for joining us, Sean. This has been very enlightening, very fun, and I think uh, we're all going to have a celebratory toke and, uh, t- to peace, oh. to love, and to spreading the word. That's it. That's to it. being well, the change. You. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. Let's, right let's now. raise that vibration. All right, Nancy. Exactly. No woman, no cry, Nancy. Don't, don't get too excited. <laughs> exactly. What we say is no. No other way. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Nothing. This was Nothing. wonderful. I love in the house. Yeah. All right, buddy. I love you all. Love, love you, too. you, too. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was cool. That Holy was cool. cannoli. I know. We're going to have to go up there. I'd like to go up there. I mean, it sounds to me like we it's a long Uber ride, but I don't know if I'd want to <laughs> drive after going to one of his services. You know, I mean, usually my mom and I were joking because my mom, who was on our, our, our program a, a couple months ago, she was talking about how she was maybe going to go back to the Episcopal Church because she said that's kind of where she was raised. And even though she studied Kabbalah and studied Buddhism and things like that, she thought, you know what, I kind of want to go back to my roots. And she actually went last Sunday to her first service at this Episcopal church she found here in Denver. What'd she think? Oh, she said it was wonderful. She said the sounds, the you know, the uh, the, the choir, she, the organist was great, and they were singing some really cool stuff and some. And and then I said, well, how many times did you go up for uh, <laughs> for communion? For, you know, you know for about the three, sacrament. Yeah, I recognize you. Weren't you just up here? You know, it's like yeah, I brought a bigger glass this time. It sounds like their sacrament is a little bit more longer lasting than a little shot of shot uh, of wine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's really highly intelligent and, and very informative. And if you have questions or anything, he will respond right away. Absolutely. All of you out there, if you have questions or you have a guest you would want to come on, nancy at imaginakasha.com. I would love to hear from you. Yeah, suggestions for guests are always great. I mean, sometimes some of the guests we've found have been because, you know, listeners like yourself have said, you know, I know someone who's really cool that I think would really be interesting to hear on your, on your podcast. So we certainly encourage that. Nancy at imagineakasha.com. Well, I love all of you guys. Peace, love, harmony, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Good night. And a bong toke for our buddy. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>